0: Deep in London's
1: beating heart lies a wall, I luck do not be, if you know the call, for if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see, cause the wizard world is opened up, as has the griffon's dream. Hello! I, mm, I already did the normal hello! Hello! hello. Uh, it's so a little guess, weird this week. It's a little weird this week cause we have no common room. Because we are we are delivering two heaping helpings of free content this week, but uh, I guess can we give like an honorary for, for this episode?
0: Yeah,
1: been dying to use that our, our new our new decided upon theme for the for the common room, and, and we're not doing one this week. So, oh yeah, just a little taste. If you're if you're one of the free listeners who has not taken the uh, the Patreon dive yet, uh, that's just a little taste. You can hear us making uh, <laughs> weird weird trumpet noises over there. Um, well worth your your money and time. Uh but you know, even with the Goblet of Fire uh uh movie episode done, um, and and kind of some more reading stuff to get to, it would have felt weird to not discuss the news this week. Yeah. Because a lot happened. Yeah. So JK Rowling is still missing from from Twitter. Hmm. But we now might have an idea why and it is because that report that we we read uh uh, i guess nearly two weeks ago at this point but a week ago for 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 most listeners was that she was getting involved in politics (laughs) uh she had gone to a meeting for a secret breakaway of of uh labor party uh people to to form a new a new centrist party um and it turns out uh some people did split off and form a centrist party and it is heavily implied by one of the other people involved uh rachel riley i believe um that jk rowling is involved um a bunch of journalists ask questions to these people who broke away about jk rowling it's been a mm-hmm. whole fucking thing uh so first of all the street cast is right once again put it on the board
0: i feel like i tried to be the optimist here though i was like surely she's just doing fantastic beasts rewrites my most my most optimistic thing that i said was like maybe she has to rewrite three movies into one uh and that way we just get one more fantastic beasts movie uh and and i feel like this was like a rare case of me being optimistic and i was punished for it
1: (laughs) yeah yeah never dream that's the that's the lesson we are learning here uh, hmm. is, Yeah, is never be optimistic because because everything is hell uh there is a really good really good note here in this article uh that i <laughs> we joked about this we joked about this hmm. uh but this is a quote <laughs> the organizers emphasized the need for a charismatic leader for the party to succeed but they made it clear they are unsure who that is at the moment one attendee suggested jk rowling which got a large round of applause Ah. Ah, i fucking hope so i hope that she appears as the leader of this new party because i don't know if you've been like following any like this this is all fucking bananas uk politics news it's always a nightmare but like, have you been following like like the PR disaster around this stuff and, and like what oh, happened when they Yeah, left?
0: a little bit. I'm I'm pretty out of my depth. Um, uh, you know, outside of American politics, you know, as someone born and raised in in the old U.S. of A., you know, they don't even tell us there are other countries until about tenth grade. So, <laughs> so you know, I am a little uh, uh, iffy about that. Um but but i have seen kind of the the more sensational things i i think the one thing i did see is that i uh, right out of the gate uh one of the members of this new centrist party uh was racist on tv which three is a great start
1: hours later three hours after they announced it and after they announced that one of the reasons they were leaving was racism they they did a racism on tv
0: yeah that's centrist for you yeah
1: yeah it is i but but that's why i'm saying maybe they really do they need jk rowling to 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 get in there roll up her sleeves and kind of kind of get them into shape here because because they can't keep doing this it is it is so funny so so i mean this this is very tenuous but if if you are listening to this if you're one of the american listeners who is blissfully unaware of uk politics here um angela smith Uh, One of the MPs uh, who, who broke away from the Labor Party to form this new thing, the Independent Group, went on TV and said uh you know this is a quote from an article uh or an opinion column i guess by uh ash sakar i'm I apologize if i'm pronouncing that incorrectly uh who who was actually present in the studio when this happened uh uh angela smith joined me in the bbc politics live studio and when sharing her thoughts on the nature of racism said it's not just about being black or a funny tinge you know different <sighs> um, <laughs> just real <laughs>
0: <sighs> my god if you have
1: not seen the video please watch it because this 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 article uh very graciously leave, leaves off the the funniest part of this which i uh I, one of the hosts afterwards after this very uncomfortable pause just says a funny what hmm.
0: like,
1: it is it is so it, it it is just a scene from veep or or the thick of it like just word for word there's no like you would need to change nothing to make this play just completely as a as an awkward comedy bit so that's yeah i think they might need jk rowling to to get in there and 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 help them a bit but god it's it's uh that's a lot huh what
0: what do you what do you think her like role would be like is she kind of like a party mascot um is, yeah is, 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 because she has a little bit of a pr problem so i have a hard That's time true. imagining her being like pr are they are they hoping she's gonna make like speeches she's kind of the 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 sterling example of of uh of what their party represents are they gonna right. use the harry potter books as textbooks
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh i mean here's the thing that that is weird about this uh if, if you want to get into like the nitty gritty of of this whole thing i do i do uh they are not a political party uh they are essentially a lobbying group they are registered as a private company uh and uh, uh they've stated that their goal is to like help other independent in, independents in the government like like get pr basically and and like be be helped so i don't know if they like plan on changing like evolving into a party and registering as a party but they are not registered as a party they are not actually mps
0: so at this point in time they aren't uh looking to like win seats that's how it works right Is like there is a certain share of seats that you can
1: yeah and technically right now i believe and and i apologize if i am wrong here my I, i have very limited uh uh, uk politics knowledge i believe they are technically supposed to be like up for by election now because like when you when you vote an np in you are voting for the MP, not the party Mm -hmm. uh and but i believe if you are no longer a part of the party like if you change parties or whatever after being part of of parliament i believe you are then putting yourself up for re-election essentially i don't know whether that's whether i'm correct on that but like i've seen a lot of people arguing about this and and, and whatnot but it seems like these people are probably going to be up for re-election again soon uh, without a party yet uh because this is not a real party this is a this is essentially a lobbyist coalition thing which means that they can accept there's no like overhead on the donations they can accept which is very helpful if you know a famous billionaire
0: that's so crazy (laughs)
1: <laughs> if you happen to know a famous centrist billionaire uh, who wrote some children's books, who might be able to slip you a couple bucks, it might mm. be convenient to uh, to not have to uh, 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 be be affected by uh, campaign finance law i don't know i'm just i'm just spitballing here parody parody can't sue me for any of this um (laughs) but yeah it's it's a whole mess but yeah I, i really do wonder because because i jk rowling is so like opinionated and and like uh kind of bullheaded about this stuff i really do wonder like if there is going to be some sort of like internal struggle over like do we actually give her any power you know or is she just like a figurehead how turfy is our platform going to be openly very Um, i'm gonna guess probably yeah god that's gonna get so ugly Uh, uh but yeah it's it is it is some wild stuff i i just can't believe look rachel riley host of countdown pretty good game show but i'm just gonna say this now i've always this is this is a joke that's gonna mean like nothing to except to like three people listening to this countdown is a pretty good game show but i always had the feeling that eight out of ten cats does countdown was better and now i know it is so fuck you rachel riley parody can't sue me not not slander not liable whatever
0: i I don't know how to react to that because i don't know what any of those words mean i will say (laughs) i will say that um actually uh in the shrieking shack lexicon uh, when we do the trumpet noise at the beginning of an episode that those are like parody brackets (laughs) like that's parody it's can't sue us
1: Mm -mm.
0: those are the can't (laughs) sue us trumpets
1: (laughs) yeah um yeah so so that's 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 all a bummer but yeah i'm i am in the same way that i am uh uh interested in well this is gonna sound worse than i mean it figuratively the way that you are interested in car crashes when you drive past them i was about to say the same way i am interested in car crashes i want to make clear here yeah. i am not interested in car crashes <laughs> in the metaphorical broad sense the way in the way that the the people are interested in 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 car crashes when they drive past them i am interested in in what the fuck jk rowling does here like like what her involvement is is it just the money is she going to be a be a, a spokesperson Is she are we going to see her like in a suit on TV talking about uh, 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 turf bullshit? Like that's going to be a real nightmare if that happens.
0: What? Here are the two pieces that I can't put together. And it's why this stuff is precluding her from tweeting.
1: Yeah, I wonder if I
0: still still don't understand it. She uninstall Twitter from her phone, like not even liking Twitter things uh i I, she's just gone
1: and she hasn't like written anything for pottermore or anything either it's not like she's like replaced it's not as far as we know it's not like she uh found another social media like she's oh i actually decided that i preferred the decentralized mastodon platform (laughs) i'm tooting now i'm no longer tweeting like (laughs) like i don't think i don't think she's like found another like platform or whatever i think she's just awol and like Maybe, maybe if she is, I have no idea how any of this stuff works. This is all speculation. Maybe if she is getting involved in like some party capacity, they're just like, "Look, you just like can't like like from now until X date, you just need to not get in trouble." Uh, and and maybe she decided that the best thing to do would just be to not be in public for for that span of time. Or it could be something. Maybe she is busy writing. Maybe maybe by day she's she's busy, uh, drawing up a a, a horrific new tax code and and by night she's uh working on uh including some oh my god it's gonna be i just had this like brainwave it's going to be so so funny if she's getting like actively involved in an actual centrist party while also finishing off the crimes of grindelwald stuff
0: i mean there's no way that she can both get involved in a new centrist party and then not write it into the films
1: right it's she's going to she, we are finally going to get the true like unbridled jk rowling self-insert character somewhere like she's always said that that was hermione but i i, I don't believe it uh, uh i i we're we're going to get something far far worse
0: yeah i mean i i can see like hermione is like her perception of herself as a child for sure mm-hmm. but just like i'm i'm waiting for the ministry character that is her well, what, right? wait
1: no in cursed child oh no this is even maybe it is hermione because in cursed child i forgot she becomes the minister of magic so Actually, this has been a fantasy all along
0: that's so funny that you mentioned that because i believe canonically speaking this present year, 2019, is the year that Hermione becomes Minister of Magic. in the. Oh: No. I, I could be wrong. I i could be wrong. I feel like I have to look this up uh, on the wiki. Oh uh, but it's I'm all pretty coming true. i I'm pretty sure that she becomes the Minister of Magic in 2019. Yeah. Yep.
1: Fuck. This is so dark. <laughs> this is so dark. We're gonna get we're gonna get some fucking awful short story about about Hermione legislating against the bathroom sickos or something. This is so awful. I hate this. I hate this world. I hate this fucking world we live in so much. Oh plan- my god! The
0: planet's been set into motion.
1: Ah, oh, all of those people who said that J.K. Rowling was like was like Nostradamus or whatever they they were right and they were just. They were just wrong about what she was predicting. She was just predicting her own horrible rise to centrist power.
0: That's really incredible.
1: Oh, that's so that is just grim. That is grim. Um, but the other thing that's funny about this, like, you know, this is this is a big deal. It's been a big news cycle, but also it's like eight people. Like it's it's a really 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 small number of of MPs. Like, I,
0: I you know I, I have a hard time uh, like again par- partially because like my political knowledge here is uh, close to zero. I have a really hard time understanding kind of the scope of what's happening here. Uh
1: okay, because so, it's huge so,
0: major news, right? But yeah. I can't quite tell how much, how how major, right?
1: Well, well, so I guess I guess the easiest way to to, to quantify this is. Uh, If I'm remembering right, there are still 250, maybe more labor MPs, Mm -hmm. even with with seven leaving or whatever. So it's it's very, very small, like like it is a small group of people. That said, it was like three or four people who left in the 90s or early 2000s, whenever it was when the Lib Dems started. Mm -hmm. um which is like the other that's the other thing the the history of uh um uh the centrist uh contingent of the labor party splitting off to try and form a new centrist party has a history and uh has not really gone great before Mm. so this is kind of history repeating itself uh shout outs to my man nick clegg uh (laughs) this is not more stuff that's going to mean like nothing to <laughs> most of the people listening to this but yeah um it's 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 very small it's i it, it i mean and it's coming at a very cynical opportune time like like the the brexit like stuff is like you know coming down the tunnel real fast it's going to be a a shambles no matter what and this really really feels like uh these these MPs are interested in basically like washing their hands of it as best they can is mm. kind of my 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 vibe like the vibe that i get here is like like th- this this feels like very much like uh oh, i didn't touch it you know like was me um, sure kind of thing uh so we'll see we'll see how it shakes out i just i so desperately want to know like like what is jk rowling's involvement directly and i mean, I, I, mean I, I guess the the most likely answer is money right like like she has oodles of money that she would probably very happily part with for a a a a centrist party uh, or centrist lobbying you know group as it were um which is a fucking bummer it is (laughs) it is it is so you know we've joked before about like it's really funny that we started this show right as like stuff started to capital h happen around harry potter and jk rowling so often but uh it just keeps escalating and and i'm afraid we've opened pandora's box here
0: yeah that was really fucked up of us honestly
1: our our fault uh uh, huge apologies to our friends (laughs) in the uk uh for doing this to you Uh, this is this is very fucked up of us but but we had to we you know we love to post and we need to read
0: yeah yeah definitely
1: it is it is it is it is wild uh the 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 whole thing is a fucking mess and and i don't know i don't know what's what's coming next uh speaking of things that are a fucking mess Mm. fantastic beasts the crimes of grindelwald came out yeah. on blu-ray and digital uh, uh this this week
0: wonderful
1: it was an extended cut uh and it came with nearly 15 minutes of of extra footage um and i've seen most of it uh i'm i've 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 watched like as much of that as i could find available online <laughs> um uh, i mean i bought it parody parody i bought it uh, <laughs> can't sue us uh uh and and there's some stuff in there some stuff that feels really essential honestly um we didn't see so so i found a video that had most of them um mm-hmm. that i sent to you parody yeah. um uh but i do have a handy article here that we can walk through and just kind of go through every single thing in yeah. order So this one we didn't see. Uh, The first scene is an entirely new opening. The Warner Brothers logo transitions to a white cloak sinking in the water and then to a piece of ash that Credence escaped in at the end of the first movie. Uh, Notably, after Credence is reborn, he discovers his adoption papers leading him to scream. This is in contrast to what ended up being the opening in the final cut, Grindelwald's escape from prison.
0: Reborn from the ashes, Credence is going to be Fox no
1: <laughs> no don't do this to me i did it oh god you're right that's why that god everyone's going like oh that 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 phoenix at the end is 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 fox no you're right hmm. he's gonna be fox yeah he's gonna turn into a
0: bird yeah he's gonna be <laughs> fuck I'm sorry to, to, to uh, deliver this horrible, Fuck. horrible prophecy to you. I just had, I just had like a Trelawney style he's, prophecy. Because he's, he's carrying, such a heavy emotional weight. I, n- I know, I know. That's and his then power. when he becomes a bird, he can b-
1: carry a physical weight. Yeah. Fuck. God damn it! You're. St- I I
0: just deliver the future you can't be mad at me
1: (laughs) You're right you're right You're just 100% right
0: It's like you know people are mad people are like Nagini's a human woman we hate that And it's like well (sighs) yeah but uh, Fox is a human boy Oh no
1: It's true it's
0: going to happen
1: (laughs) I'd never In my wildest dreams Considered this but you were I'm you were going to be right Mm. You are you are going to be correct On this also this scene seems this scene feels pretty essential to me uh why was this not in the movie like like
0: y- it sounds like it entire... only took like two seconds like how 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 lo- how much longer could this have been
1: right like it's also the logo <laughs> it's the logo and also establish like like as dumb as it is it still establishes that he escaped right which is like the crux of the whole movie like like that's fine like yeah just sure he he there is one piece of ash left and since there's one left he can still regenerate okay sure done like 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 that's all we needed instead of that weird scene where he's like in the pensive and they're like actually he's alive like (laughs) god that movie's bad uh number two this scene also seems very uh oh wait no this is this isn't uh this isn't the one uh this one seems fine uh credence spots circus arcanus which is the mustache man uh boarding Wait, that's boat. his name no i think the uh, no the the guy's name is skender i think uh. Slend- something slender man um uh after a stare between him and the circus operator credence is let in it's not clear if there was a discussion between the two or why credence wanted to join them so he just like see he sees the circus uh before joining it seems like that could have been sure in, like 30 seconds done this is the very important one uh there's a scene between dumbledore and newt where they talk about why they sent him to new york in the first place in the first movie uh yeah and and dumbledore says uh uh, i knew grindelwald would try and catch credence he had a vision you see many years ago in which an obscurial killed the man he fears above all others uh that's dumbledore Uh, I thought you might deprive Grindelwald of his weapon, not by killing him, but by saving him. So that seems really important.
0: I want to know why they didn't think this was essential information. Yeah. Like half of the
1: complaints about this movie were that it like negated the first one, right? Like, like why, why did Dumbledore do that? Uh,
0: Uh, Yeah. Like why did Dumbledore do that? And then why does Dumbledore send a zoologist? two friends like both like both of those it doesn't make any sense and it is cleared up in this one scene that is extremely short (laughs) i am am not
1: 20 seconds
0: i am not typically the kind of person that just wants to be like yeah that scene should be in there like i am all for cuts like always movies are too damn long cut stuff out this Mm -hmm. was like essential plot information i don't understand (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) okay uh this is one of the more bonkers ones uh and i think this scene is like kind of visually cool but it it, i don't understand what it really does for the movie this is the Mm -hmm. ballroom scene yeah lita and theseus are attending a formal event and there are murmurs amongst the crowd that lita's brother is alive the rumors are true one says her brother is alive why
0: why are they saying that (laughs) why are
1: they saying that uh and one man recites the prophecy this guy like leans in her ear and says this return great avenger with wings from the water congratulations lita your brother lives we all truly believe it i don't know why anyone would say those words out loud and then there's this like more like like muted scene where lita watches a dancer make white objects visually similar to the obscurial swirl through the air one falls slowly in the air recalling a visual similar to the opening uh, in which a cloak falls through the water, you might remember that this visual appears again in the final cut of the movie when Leah is doing her info dump. This also like, okay, I don't like the the part where they are talking to her about the prophecy or whatever, but I do like the visual of her watching the dance a lot.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, and I, I I like, on the one hand, I'm like, why would she be seeing that stuff? but I do I do like the i I like the idea of having a visual lead up to that reveal yeah and it's
1: it's also just like such a strange scene for harry potter like oh i should mention all of these scenes apparently even if you are watching them in the extended cut quote unquote are clearly uh using temporary music <laughs> the dumbledore and, and, and newt scene has like this jaunty like stock music and the uh there's some credence and and the guinea scenes which we're about to get to that have this like one loop of like a romantic theme all through it Mm -hmm. uh and this scene and i think that it actually works i just i'm i'm like 99 sure it's not the intended music for the scene but it's like this weird like chill hop thing happening (laughs) it's like this electronic like like just really like un un harry potter uh it's very it's very odd um but it is like a striking like visual moment i think
0: yeah, I, I feel like there are so many parts of this movie that were visually very good.
1: Yeah, it was well, like like the director of photography did a really good job. I, I still think about that. Otherwise, completely inconsequential scene <laughs> that still looked quite good where they are on the cliffs. Yeah, and, uh, uh, that's a gorgeous like like it's part of the movie. It's just pointless. Um, OK, moving on. Uh, there's a chat between Tina and the circus guy um i it doesn't say what i don't think we saw that either but i guess presumably looking for credence when she's on on her bender sure whatever um (laughs) newt's basement there's an extended scene at newt's workshop in which he tells jacob they're heading for paris we see newt has fixed up his suitcase that so no beasts get out without his say so he also has some new interactions with the nifflers to get one in the suitcase he wiggles a necklace around as bait that part's cute i like that
0: i like the baby nifflers
1: Just, just put some more cute animal stuff in this movie that's called Fantastic Beasts. No, this is about this is
0: about war. Nah, this is a movie about war. war. This This is war.
1: war. Uh, Seven. Murmuration in a scene that partially appeared in one of the trailers. Credence and Nagini are sleeping and cuddled up on a rooftop. This scene is awful. Uh, he wakes up and watches a mother and newborn walking down the street. Nagini joins him at his perch and she rests her head on his shoulder and encourages him to let out his curse. We're free, she tells him, a reference to escaping the circus. And Nagini <laughs> admires <her. laughs> Thank you, Hyper Oh, a reference. <laughs> a clever reference.
0: love that.
1: A clever reference to the scene that literally happens um uh a reference to the circus nagini admires the smoke monster moving gracefully through the air this scene is bad this one i i like i wanted more nagini and credence interactions but not really like this
0: yeah um i i feel like the nagini discourse i like twisted myself into knots about it like Honestly, probably as a result of reading rebuttals to the criticism before (laughs) before anything else. And I definitely came away with the idea that the the Nagini stuff was bad. But in revisiting it, having so much distance from it and watching this deleted scene, which I I think that I said, I was like, "I, I think that I think this movie needed more time with credence and Nagini to justify her being in this movie. And then I see that scene that I knew was there. Right. Like it was so obvious to me that there must've been deleted scenes that were the two of them and to see it and be like, Oh, she really is the, uh, the goth pixie dream girl. In, in, oh yeah! In this, like that is all that she is, and it sucks so much.
1: <laughs> it's so fucking bad. Like the way that this uh, that this scene opens is like they're cuddled up in this really goofy way that. Like, like you you made reference to the classic fan fiction trope. would you like to would you like to to share yeah it's audience? like you
0: know you know that time where you just like escape from the circus and you're like you're really happy about yeah. it and then you go and and you rent a hotel room uh w- with your with your new pal credence and there's only one bed <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do what do you do so crazy
1: yeah, it's it's a hundred percent that I couldn't tell whether was there something going on where like her eyes were kind of snaky at first and then they become normal I didn't, I didn't watch I very know. closely maybe yeah, I, I, I don't even um that's not even the worst uh, of these scenes that's this one which is nagini and credence in alley uh, <laughs> a scene in which a scene in which nagini and credence are in an alley scavenging for bread sitting down credence grabs nagini's hand and gently caresses it this is fucking weird nagini th- this this is like implying that they're like on the run or whatever and like nagini shows up like aladdin holding a fucking loaf of bread and they just start like like chomping on it yeah and then he like kisses her hand i'd like to mention that her makeup and hair is fucking flawless in this perfect scene still. and she's
0: still wearing that the same dress that they escape as a reference from escaping the circus it's a um, to- <laughs> <laughs> she's wearing this like you know the skin tight like um i've lost i've lost my words like a body, it's like con a dress. body suit yeah and, and it's like snake skin uh su- pseudo snake skin fabric or whatever and she's just in that the whole time
1: it's so funny and and he's like he's like this says he caresses her hand i'm pretty sure he like smooches it he like he's like kissing her hand while she's eating this giant loaf of bread it's bizarre
0: that's what you do when you're on the streets you go you go and steal steal a hunk of bread from a local vendor and then (laughs) crouch in an alley and eat it it's so bad
1: it's like i said i this movie definitely did need more characterization of these two but i'm glad that this stuff got cut because it is rank it is terrible (laughs) uh finally the last one uh is fairly inconsequential except for one little detail uh dumbledore and mcgonagall the final deleted scene finds dumbledore at hogwarts walking through a corridor the tracker on his wrist i'm assuming maybe the blood pack thing oh wait no it's no the, it's the
0: don't you're not allowed oh, to teach
1: can't whatever
0: teach anymore, anymore so <laughs>
1: yeah what the fuck shouldn't they have taken that off whatever um the tracker on his wrist is, is fully visible and he seems troubled mcgonagall finds him mcgonagall there you are. What did Travers want? Absolutely outrageous behavior, marching into a school like that, uh Dumbledore. It was all very mundane. Sorry, Minerva. I've got a lot of marking to do. So she is Minerva McGonagall. Mm. It is I, her.
0: I think it is delicious to see um fan service like this backfire so horribly. Mm-hmm. Delicious. I love it's it. Good.
1: It's good. It's th- like like speaking of of getting twisted into into a knot. Like the fandom really tried to find an excuse for this mcgonagall thing and they're like ranging from she time turned her, her way there to uh it's not minerva mcgonagall because they never say minerva they they just say professor mcgonagall but no it's her it's it's just minerva mcgonagall here she is uh, hot mcgonagall is here
0: yep <laughs> um
1: so definitely apart from the opening scene and the dumbledore and newt thing uh which i think are just absolutely essential i'm baffled that those were not in the film um not that it would have made the film like much better but it would have like made it make some sort of sense like at all to have those things in there like a like a scene where we see credence come back to life and a scene where we understand what dumbledore's plan was Mm -hmm. like feels necessary for this movie um the rest of these are basically all garbo um it is especially funny to me that this is being marketed as like the extended cut um like it's something that they like agonized over and put a lot of work into (laughs) because like seriously listen to the music in these scenes if you are if you have access to the 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 dvd or if parody if you were watching it online or torrenting it or whatever um seriously like the the it's like midi it's like midi violin and like (laughs) like like down tempo trip hop during the lita scene it is so not finished like like this is not com like 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 this is not completed score work like like i did not love the the soundtrack in this movie but like there was a very like the score i noticed the score and like what style it was in and it was not this and uh, especially the dumbledore one i don't know if you, you, it was like this for you maybe my sound setup is bad but like the mcgonagall scene the music is like 10 times louder than the dialogue like you can barely hear it uh mm. it was really odd like just very very feels very hastily put together like so they could say that it was the extended cut
0: yeah um, I, I didn't notice but i also believe you because i don't notice that sort of thing especially watch uh-huh. watching a uh video of have a deleted scene
1: right yeah yeah i i just i i when this was announced i think i might have even like like goofed about this on twitter uh that i was expecting them to do to this movie what they did with um uh uh uh, uh fucking what's it called batman versus superman which has mm. like a really which has like a really infamous uh director's cut now um that a lot of fans like claim makes the movie good right like like uh like really really extensive rearranging and extra scenes and and whatnot and i was kind of thinking like well wb's done it before and they know that the reputation of this movie is in the tank like maybe maybe they're going to do that here but it really seems like they just sort of grabbed some stuff off the floor uh to shove into this so they could because like i i guess if a movie is like poorly received enough i guess i would imagine that like slapping no but this is a different cut on the box probably helps marketing yeah maybe like like you know if everyone hated it no one's gonna buy the normal version um but if if they're if they if it's an extended cut or director's cut or whatever maybe Maybe that'll entice a few more people. But yeah, o- overall, very f- slim pickings here, I think. I think the most interesting one is the Lita one, even though it's it's like not a great scene. It's just like the one moment where a character gets to breathe without saying exposition
0: to people. Yeah, and she definitely could have used a little bit more setup for her her big reveal because really it 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 felt in the movie like her kind of just telling a story unprompted to you <laughs> yeah and to be
1: clear this this version doesn't get rid of that either so no
0: but at least it would be i, I mean i guess we did ha- we did see the the sh- the sheet uh falling through water during the boggart scene
1: yeah <sighs> i like i like this on paper at least more than the Bogart scene um W- 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 chiefly because i think that 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 Bogart scene just like undermines a whole bunch of other like harry established harry potter story stuff like knowing that lupin didn't come up with that lesson sucks i think i think that that
0: yeah that i think it's i think it's also hard to uh bury your setup for a character monologue in like that in a f- already inside of a flashback that is kind <laughs> of telling a different story
1: yes yeah yeah that's that's definitely it's kind of like a nesting doll of like weird weird exposition techniques there mm-hmm. so yeah so that so there you go we we've we've gone through it so you don't have to please do not spend any money on on this movie uh so jk can't give it to her new centrist party uh, that is <laughs> That is, that is my take here. Uh, we've all given J.K. Rowling enough money for a lifetime, I think. Speaking of, we are done with, so far, the biggest book we've read so far. And, like, you know, we've we've got the movie in the rear view. We've got the book in the rear view. But, like, this was such a monumentous undertaking compared to the previous three books. I I just feel like we've probably got some stuff to air out right like like there's just so many little things and like letting the book sit for a while and, and, and whatnot so i I think we 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 might just kind of do like a little short wrap-up thing here to just finally completely put it to bed
0: yeah i have something crazy to come out of the gate with here You, you yes. are you are not prepared for this i have i have not prepared you ahead of time
1: i was already like devastated by your fox comment here so i'm already a little shaken but let's, let's yeah go. this
0: might be something that you like disagree with and if so i i you know feel free to let me know um but i've been thinking a lot about dumbledore and also thinking about dumbledore as he is portrayed in the movie and the book
1: um, mm-hmm. and
0: trying to figure out what Dumbledore is supposed to be because i think we kind of agree that he's gone through this like kind of radical character change in book 4 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um do you feel like Dumbledore has become some sort of weird like Winston Churchill jerk off fantasy
1: oh yes no i think i i i i do think that and i i think that c- there was a comment in the movie that he makes that is like a condensed version of his insane speech from the book yeah. Uh, where he tells Fudge, a great leader doesn't do what is easy, a great leader does what is right. Yeah. Um, which really strikes me as some like bullshit, like like idealized political figure fantasy thing right
0: yeah and and i guess like it it specifically struck me and like the things that he says in the book although they're much i mean that's like a very succinct place in the movie where he says that but i think it is a good kind of distillation of his like longer ramblings in the book where i i do i do feel like the kind of people that that maybe are still idealizing winston churchill it it like that is that like that is the purest picture of that right like the guy that's gonna do what's what's hard uh but is like the right thing
1: yeah yeah it, it it's so fascinating too because like like when we were discussing this last week in the in the book discussion i i'm i mean i'm still confused because the language used is so like radical right Mm -hmm. like like dumbledore is this radical revolutionary but but the material of what he becomes and like what he functions as in the story like in this government structure and stuff is way more uh authoritarian, right? And and like way more like a figure like Winston Churchill or 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 something, right? Like like the good the good leader, the good president, the good prime minister or something, like he's the good one. Um I I think that's a fair assessment, honestly.
0: Yeah. I I I mean, I think that it's it, it like feels so confusing because it's a confused version of the world, right? Like it, it doesn't mm-hmm. really make any sense. Also, isn't Dumbledore in government? Like, I'm very confused because he he has like was on the Wizen Gamut, which is like the Supreme Court, right?
1: yes yeah well we know what the uh, the Wazengamot is it's it's both the supreme court but also the local police precinct Yeah, also n- it's also
0: 911 um so if you, <laughs> if you see anyone doing any any small crimes uh you go ahead and call them
1: yeah i i i honestly get a um a real like rereading that scene and also seeing the, like the more succinct version in the film and like thinking about where harry potter ends up as like a political metaphor mm-hmm. it really feels like fudge is supposed to be chamberlain and dumbledore mm. is supposed to be churchill right like
0: mm-hmm.
1: like chamberlain's too much of a pussy to fight the nazis directly but here comes dumbledore he's gonna he's gonna he knows that the voldemort's back like right like it it, it has this very childish like like worldview or like 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 these two leaders clashing right like like it's it, it and given that harry potter basically just becomes more and more of like a weird world war ii metaphor it that that feels really on the nose more the more i think about it
0: it's it's really funny that it does become this kind of world war ii metaphor when jk rowling is kind of is currently writing her other literal world, world, world war, war ii war? alternate history <laughs> yeah
1: but nothing yeah god nothing highlights uh how superfluous the fantastic beast story arc is than realizing that it is just a like literalized version of the thing harry potter was already a metaphor for
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: that's and, and as a prequel that's so confusing but yeah um uh uh no i i i i I don't think I don't I don't think that's an unfair assessment of Dumbledore's character at all. He's gone he's gone from being like god to Winston Churchill and to a lot of British people those are the same thing. Uh but but the, he's he's got a very uh gradual descent from like cuz I re- I honestly like Dumbledore was one of my favorite parts of the early books. Um like as goofy as he is and as funny as stuff like the the um the fox thing is he has such like a calming presence and is and is very much just like a, a fun character to read like he's he's just so aloof and strange and him just suddenly becoming like the the cold and calculated leader is just fucking weird
0: yeah it kind of presents what i i, I feel like is such a shift for harry potter going from uh, like kids stories to what i i feel like uh, like i feel like this like author voice asserts itself so strongly as being like writing these kind of moral lessons into the books that aren't really uh for the benefit of the characters or the character or like the arcs the characters go through but rather Mm -hmm. like these quote-unquote important messages for the world And, and i and like the one that dumbledore gives in goblet of fire being like sometimes you know you do you have to do um the the thing that's that's right but is more difficult instead of the thing that's easy and and kind of saying that to fudge that that comes kind of out of nowhere and doesn't really characterize him in a way that that kind of fits what he was before but if that was in one of the previous books that would have been told to Harry after he'd already learned that lesson but it's so disconnected from anything Harry yeah. is doing in goblet of fire
1: right it's not like it's not like Harry in goblet of fire is uh looking up to fudge no or, or something right like it's not it's not like it's not like fudge was someone that Harry was like invested in and followed and then dumbledore had to teach him a lesson about how you know actually he's a weak leader or whatever right like like that's that's not even the story of the book it's 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 a completely it's completely out of left field this like ending discussion they have and like we're you know we're spending a lot of time on this but like it really feels like when it appears in the book it's like this is the moment right like this is supposed to be like your big takeaway this is the big moral lesson scene uh and it's just kind of out of nowhere really
0: yeah it really has no connection to anything else that's happening was was there ever ever a point where harry was seeking power and took the easy way out in goblet of fire
1: right like uh, he he not only did he not ever really do that he actively avoided it right like he 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 did not want to win without cedric right like like Harry has learned Harry has learned the lesson of like humility, right? Like like he's he's if anything he's like too humble in this book. Like he 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 prostrates himself like like he really 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 like you know harms his own interests trying to help everyone else around him because he you know stuff like the second task. Like that's the entire story of the second task, right? Is that he he doesn't he doesn't have like a a good grasp of what's really going on and 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 uh we'll we'll do anything to help people
0: yeah and i guess in that way it's really kind of positioning i I mean the the entire like all of the stuff that kind of happens at the end of Goblet of Fire is is positioning the characters in like into this kind of second phase of of this book series, right? Like it in that way, it feels much more like setup. Um, but I think it makes the rest of the book feel really unresolved.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it just it is such a long, long book without i I just i don't know if i've ever read I and mean, maybe maybe the answer is uh order of the phoenix i hope not um uh but i've never in my memory read a book this long that isn't long in the service of connecting all of these things right like normally when a book is really really long it's because it has a lot to say and has has to take a long time to get there right mm-hmm. um goblet of fire never ties any of this stuff together it's long because there are a lot of scenes and there are a lot of ideas and there's no thread connecting everything the the big moments are just big moments on their own and and like i i think i think that 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 tracks just because i think nearly every week at least in the back half of our reading of this book and i'm i i i am I, I, am i misremembering here or have i basically every week been coming in saying in a vacuum blank <laughs> like i really like this scene right yeah that's like been my major takeaway from the book every week right it's like oh oh it, it, taken on its own i really like this scene but comma you know like like and that that really feels like in, like looking at it as a whole I'm like, looking at this big, long book that's, like, full of, like, interesting individual scenes that don't connect, like, that is kind of damning, I guess? Like, like I, I, I got to the end of the book in a really, really close reading and had to really stretch to find anything that, like, connected the metaphors or themes together.
0: Yeah, and it kind of also came together for me watching the movie and seeing the changes they made to connect the disparate things that were happening, right? And I don't even think like in a very good way a lot of the time, but there was definitely a lot of effort to try to tenuously uh, connect uh, like the actions the characters were taking, (laughs)
1: Mm-hmm. it is it is so funny to me that in the movie when Dumbledore is like sending them into the maze and he like huddles them around to like tell them the metaphor the thing he says is the thing that I thought that like all of the maze and like forest <laughs> metaphors were supposed to be about in the book yeah but, like never manifest anywhere <laughs> like I was just like no Dumbledore that's what I was saying when I was reading the book you can't just say that out loud you can't just you can't just save a theme and then it turns out that they just turned the maze into like a horror movie anyway, so it 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 uh it kind of like shot itself in the foot there
0: it sure was good there was no spew,
1: yeah, let's talk about that, huh
0: yeah, um
1: spew and its enduring legacy as a really fucked up thing in the Harry Potter universe um i Spew is interesting because it's like in a way it's not as bad as I remembered. Um in that it only appears basically like for a chapter or two, mm-hmm. and then it's just completely dropped like a rock, which is bad for the structure of the book, but it is merciful <laughs> in the sense that I don't have to keep reading about spew for the rest of the book, right? So it's so a small victories. Um but that is a real uh watershed moment for this franchises weird politics i think um and it is such a meaningless thought experiment like what if slaves liked being slaves okay why like what what is that
0: I, like I, what I'm are you so, trying to tell i'm so here? suspicious of that question being explored like that like there's no i i like what? Why? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yes, it is. It is. Um. It is. It is ludicrous on its face. It is. It is an Overton window shifting question. Because the answer is that is a ridiculous premise. Like the idea that that like, a an an oppressed people, even if they are like a little magical elf people would enjoy being oppressed in this otherwise fairly realistic society is nuts that does nothing it does nothing but muddy the waters in in like in like real political discussions right like there's no positive thing you can take from exploring that question
0: yeah it's a it's a weird one and it feels like such an accident but like it's not like she wrote the book. It feels it's so weird. Um I also kind of had a a brain blast a little bit because obviously it's like people always like to point out like oh they left spew out, they left spew out of out of the movie, they left winky out of the movie. Um and that mostly comes up in like fandom discussion that's like oh they left out so many important details. Um which I think is not the whole picture here. Um but I'm also kind of coming to this realization that as far as like like this theory that like the movie universe in harry potter is different than the book one right like it is its own like contained thing um house elf slavery is never like an institution in the movies i'm not saying that it's good the way it is portrayed in the movies but we encounter two um house elf characters who are who have masters. I don't know. I can't remember if they use the word slave, but they, but they have have masters and they are portrayed and that is portrayed to be a bad thing in both cases. Right. But it is never seen like the, the movie never zooms out to show this wider institution that exists in this world. And also like Dobby is the biggest elf character and his arc is about becoming free.
1: Mm hmm. Uh, I I think that is whether it's accidental or not it is like a positive change overall, right?
0: It's probably um, more likely that they read the books and were like, "This doesn't need to be in here," right? Because it's it's extraneous. It just,
1: it's extraneous. It's nuts. The the thing, God, you were talking about like 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 talking about Churchill. The 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 closest thing I can think of to compare the like the spew stuff to is actually discussions that like like people often have about winston churchill or like uh uh but you like english colonialism in general mm-hmm. which is like like sure um some of it was bad but uh like look at india today if there hadn't been colonialism right. who knows who like who knows where they would have been yeah and that is such an insidious point of view oh yeah right like that, that is a disgusting thing to say uh and and like should not even be um uh uh you know regarded with 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 good faith in any sense because it is not a good faith suggestion but like that is the closest thing i can think of too right like like oh here is my grand thought experiment like what if slavery was good or like what if like what if slavery slaves liked being slaves <laughs> it is a, it is a meaningless thought experiment because we know for a fact that no one in ever in life who has existed enjoyed being a slave. No one enjoys being oppressed, right? Like like this is a nonsense question. Uh there's no ambiguity to it in real life. It's not something you need to apply a model to or a thought experiment to, right? Like it's it's real. It's history. We know it. Like like it is it does nothing but shift uh the conversation into uh, uh murkier and murkier territory right and like that like
0: it's it's something that ends a discussion right it, it ends a discussion about how to make things better by by it's, miring yes, exactly. it down in this like the endless debate right the endless thought experiments yeah. and the like the the what-ifs and nothing can happen because you're it ends the discussion there's there's nowhere to go from there because it's meaningless
1: well and, and and that's what's that's also fascinating because that's literally what happens to hermione in the book yeah
0: it's like well that's that's over right there's nowhere to go from there and yeah. and and as far as we know um the house elves are going to continue to to be enslaved for the rest of the books and uh the rest of wizard history right like it's right. over um interesting yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah it's gross <laughs> Another thing that the movie really does smooth over uh smooth over is uh uh the Rita stuff. Yes. Uh the the movie uh, just turns her into a, a a fun quirky reporter and she's great uh and and all of this nastiness uh that that was uh directed at her in her introduction is is just like not even gestured towards which is which is a great change it's just really funny like reading the book and then watching the movie and realizing either purely just by coincidence or um or like because someone consciously said like you know this this stuff is bad we should not include this uh how much uh of like the movie's changes just make it less incredibly offensive right like yeah we don't we don't get weird rita transphobia we don't get slavery uh uh what about-isms. we don't get um uh dudley dursley being tortured by fred and george for being fat right like there's so many things that uh that like are focused on Uh, in great detail in the books that uh we mercifully do not have to witness in the movie but also that ends up being kind of interesting because that means that the movies are basically like carrying water for the for (laughs) jk rowling's weird books right like like sanitizing them and and making them more palatable and so i so i i have conflicted feelings about that honestly
0: yeah i I think they definitely do I, i can't I, I can think of so many moments that I my movie memories have have superseded my my book memories and that and I, I know I talked about this at length on our last episode once uh, our kind of last Goblet of Fire chapters episode which is that I just didn't remember how mean this book was like that was my it's biggest really like mean. wow this is just like mean spirited uh, a, a very mean book um, and I don't remember that way because in my I, I remember Daniel Radcliffe Harry Potter more so than right. than uh than book harry potter although daniel radcliffe did have the, the moment at the end of the movie where he's not gonna write Hermione a letter <laughs> even...
1: just just absolutely mocking the idea that he's go- that he's going to contact his friends over the summer holiday um yeah i i i yeah i i had the same experience i, I nothing nothing i remembered uh about this book indicated that it was as, as like mean-spirited as it actually is and i think that that like we've we talked a lot about how the tone shifted right and i think we were even praising it in the early readings especially around like the world cup and stuff mm-hmm. um and how how deftly it was like turning from a children's book into uh into something else and i stand by that stuff like i went i went back and like reread that um the death eater march and like the woods chapter Mm -hmm. and i really enjoyed those again like like i read those last night and i was like "Yep, those are still really good um and i like what these are doing and i realized that it's less the tone shift that bothers me maybe about this book and it and it is the meanness that does right Mm -hmm. like like you can have a very dark uh, uh story or, uh, you know, or, or, you know, a very mature story that's, like, you know, gradually ramping up from, like, children children's book stakes into into something more grounded. Um, and that's almost, like, 100% separate from the real issue here, was that this book just got cruel in, in a lot of places. Um, like I said, we, we discussed it, but, like, posit- even, even positing this bizarre question about slavery, um, uh, harry's like attitude towards his friends and and girls and uh ron's sudden like disinterest in in like like equality and justice even though he was the character in in two who was like there to explain wizard politics uh to everyone Mm -hmm. like it's just very weird how it shifted into like this really Kind of cynical and and cruel book.
0: Yeah, I, I also um uh, because you you brought up kind of its attitude toward girls. I I can't help but uh, point out that there are no Vila in in the movie. And to be fair, that is pro- probably something that can be read as completely extraneous. But I just can't stop thinking about how incredibly heavy handed the the idea in the beginning of Goblet of Fire as as women being like. Foul Temptresses quite literally right. was right at the beginning here. It's not even like there are no villa in the movies, right? Like it is not I I would even go so far as to say in the movies Fleur is not a villa unless that changes in the later ones, but it's just not it's not a factor.
1: There's stuff in the movie though that makes it almost even weirder. Like Ron still has a scene in the movie which I don't think we talked about. Uh where he seemed compelled to ask her out, or whatever, yeah. and it seems like he's he's like coming down from being bewitched or whatever. That's really weird.
0: Yeah, that that to me is, is. I mean, this is kind of my my more. I don't know if it's like even cynical of me to think this, but this is like a nod to people who who read Harry Potter and they can and it's so it's like it's like an illusion right like if you've read it you read that as like Uh aha it's it's because she's a vila and if you haven't read harry potter or don't know you're like haha that's a funny joke right like it's like the best of both worlds they don't have to Mm, have to deliberately include it but it is kind of there for people that do know it
1: yeah that that is so weird i didn't even think about that how it it just completely papered over the Vila stuff and it just, it, 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 but although it then makes all the, the Bo Batten's uh, stuff really weird because (laughs) the way everyone behaves around all of the students from, uh, from the school is like they are Vila. Yeah. Like all the weird, all the weird stuff with their butts in the beginning. And then the, the, their weird side dance that's like entrancing everyone. And, uh, like everyone getting all blushy and like weird around them like like they are basically treated like mystical beings but without the actual story lampshade of being magical creatures right
0: yeah it's very funny very interesting um I have another thing to bring up, which is I I more have a question for you. And I'm wondering if if you caught it, you know, in the book at the very end, there's the chapter called the parting of the ways. And
1: I know exactly where you're going with this. uh, Yes.
0: For our listeners, I will remind us back. And it is the part where Dumbledore and Fudge are having an argument in the book. And Fudge says, no, I will not, you know, Voldemort's not back. And Dumbledore says, okay, well, we've reached a parting of the ways in the movie. When they arrive at the Quidditch World Cup, uh, Arthur Weasley and Amos Diggory are saying goodbye to each other. And Amos Diggory, Cedric's dad, says, parting of the ways, I think, old chap. What is the is that just an Easter egg? What is the deal there?
1: It really does feel like an Easter egg. So I looked this up because I I had I do have to say, I think. And granted it has the like the the benefit of being delivered like by a good act like two good actors to each other right mm-hmm. but I actually felt like in that conversation between Amos and and Arthur it actually felt very natural yeah like Amos was a classic is like a classical british guy and he's <laughs> he's very he's very posh and he says oh we uh, we, uh, we we meet a potting of the ways. is like that that made sense to me <laughs> yeah I almost didn't catch it um it I looked this up because i was like this is so specific um and it's really funny that they would give it to amos in that uh uh in that scene Uh because the most common reference to a parting of the ways uh i found online uh is is not about like literally like oh we're we're like like i'll see you later you know like like it's not that um it's uh a a a like philosophical slash psychological like school of thought Mm. like like the parting of the ways is is where two philosophers diverge right like like if, if two philosophers are are like engaged in rhetoric or whatever and there's like a there's like a core thing that they disagree on that like like that is the parting of the ways like that is where these two philosophers differ or whatever um i think it's also been used to describe a a, like similar phenomenon in like uh, uh like political groups like like a parting of the ways between uh you know <laughs> between the the labor party and the 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 independence group they've reached a parting of the ways we hmm, how we fitting will not right right um, um but like it is a it is a uh i guess like a more defined term uh which is very funny because it sounds very natural coming out of amos uh in that in that scene but it i guess it is technically more fitting to what dump the way dumbledore uses it in the book which is that this is this is like the ideological splitting point between him and fudge hmm. um after they have been like working together up to this point uh I would just I think it's an Easter egg, like I think that the that they probably just thought that that was too good a phrase to not use and had to stick it somewhere hmm. why they didn't at least give it to Dumbledore in his stupid uh a great leader Gro scene. Uh, Is beyond me.
0: Very strange.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I really did a double take when I heard that the first time in the movie because I was like, "Oh, okay, maybe this is just a a phrase that I've like never heard before." I was like, "You know, I'm English. My whole family's English. I've never heard anyone say that." Um, so, so there you go. There, there is the parting of the ways story. That's weird that they would just
0: give it to some rando in like i'm trying to i'm trying to reach for something that makes that <laughs> makes that make sense um uh because
1: yeah because aim i mean amos is barely a character in the film right uh uh so it's not like him and arthur have like any ideological differences to to hash out um maybe if there had been Vila, there could have been because <laughs> maybe amos could have been like wow i think those Vila are smashing hot arthur and arthur would have said ah but they are thoughts you see or something so
0: i like women don't, who don't, we don't wear like makeup
1: god oh i I, while i went back and reread that the <laughs> the uh the um the 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 death eater march and stuff i did go back and read that fucking um scene with with the, the world cup mascots and arthur is so weird it is so weird in that scene that he's just like, ah, re- real uh, like I uh, real women don't don't need to I, turn into birds. I and, am and immune
0: to you. this kind of horniness, this boyish horniness. Yeah,
1: I'm. Yeah, that's it's so fucking bizarre. That was a definitely a moment that I'm glad that they left out of the film. Although knowing how weird the CGI in this movie looked, I would have loved to have seen uh their take on Vila. That would have been really funny.
0: I want to see the bird monsters.
1: I'm so mad. This is so petty and and small and 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 pointless, but I'm mad that we do not get the cool bird monsters at, at, like in the movies or anything. They're cool. Vila are cool. They put like, a,
0: she put a Vela in the tournament and then she never became a bird monster. I don't understand. You can't you can't just make up a fantasy creature that's a bird monster and put it in a tournament where they have to risk their lives and not have her turn into a bird monster the
1: the thing that is so funny about that is the way that they like write around it in the book reminds me of like the way they write around having to like do complex makeup or special effects on like the original (laughs) series of star trek right (laughs) yeah except that it's not a visual medium it's a book you could write literally whatever you want like like you don't need to keep having her like transform out of frame or something to avoid having to like animate a a transformation sequence it's a book (sighs) you can just do it bring back the bird monsters that's 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 a a big bullet point here on my my gobble to fire wrap-up list definitely um having read the book and seen the movie and everything how you feel about like the whole mathalda thing
0: i feel like none of the characters had anything to do in the book except hermione who had the worst things to do that felt like placeholders (laughs) um yes The only character that had something to do in the book was Harry, and he was mostly, like, ambivalent or reluctant throughout. Um, I can't... Like, I, I can't remember what was the official line as to why the mafala stuff was taken out like it didn't have a satisfying resolution
1: i believe it was a plot hole like like because it was she was like a weasley second cousin or something why
0: would why would it not be easier to just have her not be a weasley second cousin (laughs) i know it all has to I know it all has to fit in a family tree um but i would take that like every time over what we got like like aside from i'm sure some some really great not like other girls content we would have had in this alternate mm. universe with the mafalda mm. stuff um i would take that over the um uh what if slaves like being slaves uh <laughs> yeah thing
1: it's just the the more these books go on the more of a bummer it is that hermione just seems like she doesn't get anything to do and it is so the movie really highlighted this for me in a scene that is like actually quite good the the scene where ron is like talking through her to harry and she gets upset but like hermione really spends most of this book acting as a Mm go-between um with no real agency of her own and it's it's a bummer especially in this book because this is the book where where we also get saddled with all the like like ah the boys are noticing girls now mm-hmm. and being shitty about it thing which to be fair i do not think is a bad thing on paper right like you can write a good story about like teen teens going through puberty and learning not to suck right like like that's a that's a thing um but it sucks that hermione gets saddled with this when she kind of seems to have no other friends or characters to ever talk to right like she exists to be harry and ron's friend uh yeah not much else
0: yeah and in this case exists to uh to be hurt by ron right like she she has a crush on ron i I assume that's what this is establishing right i mean mean this this one really leaned hard into the i mean I, i feel like like i feel like this whole movie was like teasing a love triangle
1: yeah yeah it felt like it and i think the movies do get there eventually uh i think i think they keep on tugging at that which i guess we'll see how 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 well that goes but yeah it it sucks uh i i I wish she had some more agency or even like even if she didn't have agency like i would have perfectly i would have been like perfectly happy with this book if instead of like having all the spew bullshit if (laughs) and like also, instead of this, like, acting as a mediator between Harry and Ron thing, which, like, partially I understand. Like, I understand that she is invested in this friendship, too, and, like, she she wants them to get back together and stuff. Like, that part I understand. But, like, there's a certain point where I wish she was able to just, just say, like, fuck you guys, I'm going to go hang out with Lavender Brown until you sort this out or something, right? Like, even if she's off screen, at least knowing that she's, like, ha- having choices and agency beyond what's happening with harry and ron would, would mean a lot I yeah
0: guess. the only thing that we know about her doing off screen while harry and ron are, are doing what they're doing is uh getting watched studying by 18 year old victor crumb who looks like he's about yes! 30 years old so
1: yeah. oh. ooh, yikes 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 yeah so that stuff's a bummer i have one last uh, uh activity here sure but I, I just before i get into that just 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 this is our last chance. Goblet of Fire. Oh, This crap. is it. Anything anything else you want to get out before we close the book on this thing? Last chance?
0: I've, I've been talking about Crimes of Grindelwald for, like, months.
1: That's Yeah, that's fair. Okay, it is it is <laughs> not the last chance. We will be talking about Goblet of Fire plenty in future. When, when did
0: I'm Goblet of sure. Fire come out? I've been talking about this book for, like, ten years.
1: It came out Saturday, July 8th, 2000. I have that oh, open
0: right Fuck. I have been talking about this 2000 you said?
1: 2000.
0: I've been talking about this book for 20 years. This is not my last chance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Shall I shall I move us along? Yes, on please do. Okay. So, what we we had quite a response to this book. And I think both of us were sort of surprised to see that like the critical reception to this book was so strong for the most part. Um, it definitely has detractors and stuff, but like, if you go back, if you go to like the way back machine and look for reviews from the year 2000, uh, uh, they are mostly pretty glowing. That being said, most of them were also written and published like the day the book came out, or the day after, or whatever. Most reviewers like slammed to finish this thing to get it out for like next day's paper, yeah, or, sure, or what have you. And I found this great article from The Guardian in 2000 uh that is a sort of review but mostly a review of everyone else's reviews and i think it's really cute and funny and i'd like to read
0: a review of reviewers
1: yes this is a really this is a really fun fun piece
0: yeah hit me with it
1: literary sensitivity was not the prerequisite in choosing critics to review the new harry potter book the ability to speed read was far more important (laughs) no copies were sent out to critics ahead of publication on saturday july 8th and bloomsbury's midnight distribution to bookshops was akin to a military operation critics had to rush out buy the book and file their copy immediately the race was on and don't worry too much about polishing those metaphors (laughs) Sarah Johnson in The Times managed to review the book on the day of publication. It was tagged as sneak preview, and presumably Ms. Johnson had gotten a hold of a copy ahead of the embargo date. Despite what must have been a sleepless night, she was full of praise for the fourth book in J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter sequence. The first one was enchanting, the second one was ingenious, the third was a bit, little bit of regrouping, but still a cracker of a yarn. Today, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire has finally been unleashed. And is it good? You bet it is. <laughs> Ms. Johnson did not shy away from giving reams of plot that would have meant nothing to non-Potterites. Quote, as Rowling hinted a few months ago some of the bloom has rubbed off of dudley's relationship with his indulgent parents it turns out he must be put on a diet the school nurse at smeltings his gloriously named and hideously pretentious public school has pointed out to aunt petunia and uncle vernon that their son has grown so fat that he's his school outfitters can no longer find knickerbockers in his size meanwhile the weasleys dot 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 etc etc it was hard to see the point of this (laughs) non-readers don't want to know and would-be readers won't want to know (laughs) but nonetheless full marks to miss johnson for getting her report quote another fine year miss rowling in first
0: (laughs) oh my god
1: so bitchy i love it this is so powerful um i've never seen anyone dunk on their like peers like this and it's really i'm living for this okay continuing on no less a figure than the observer's literary edition robert mccrum had been detailed to spend his saturday reading the book for the following day's paper for the most part he supported anthony holden who had attacked the potter phenomenon in the previous weekend puffed and promoted in a uh, frenzy of international public publicity wrote mccrum the inflated physical appearance of Harry Potter in the Goblet of Fire represents the marriage of hype and expectation. The public wanted something big. The publishers wanted something commercial. J.K. Rowling, who has already triumphantly demonstrated that no one ever went broke spinning a series of unputdownable yarns, has supplied just that. Harry Potter 4 is a commercial blockbuster with knobs on. That is code for pretty grim, as McCrum goes on to explain. <laughs> Rowling may introduce a breathless hush to the nation's evening hours, but it is not to be spoken of in the same breath as previous Carnegie winners Arthur Ransom or C.S. Lewis, although it owes a freely acknowledged debt to both. Her work teems with exotic personnel, and it has the reader by the throat from page to page, but her prose is flat and as English as old beer, while Harry himself is a cipher. He is not a boy of depth or subtlety rolling herself cracks jokes but there's precious little humor in harry himself hmm. not i suspect that jk Rowling gives two snitches for that she will be laughing all the way to the bank Ooh. so to be fair i think that review probably aligns closest with us right yeah uh yeah that's 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 pretty good um uh by monday pottermania was ebbing and the london evening standard uh were evidently worried that their review would look a little late hence the blurb on top of the piece the new harry potter series is or excuse me the new harry potter is no less than 636 pages long but melanie mcdonough has read and enjoyed every word clearly the paper has had doubts about some of those instant reviews <laughs> nor did Miss mcdonough leave it there for harry potter groupies this will be like a big gobstopper something to shut them up for as long as it takes she wrote here i had the edge over the kiddies and got through it in pretty well a single sitting but the nine-year-olds should be kept quiet for longer mind you having raced through it more than uh having raced through it first time round to find out what happens i'm now on my second and more leisurely perusal she hadn't just read it all she'd read it twice (laughs) mark lawson was another of the rush reviewers offering his first thoughts on books unlimited on saturday on Monday in the Guardian he noted that as well as the changing face of children's publishing, Rowling had changed the nature of book reviewing. She has created a world in which novels like New Cars Grouse, uh, Bejolai novel, uh, oh excuse me, Bejolai Nouveau, uh, and Star Wars movies are mass purchased on the first day of availability and in which book reviews are phoned in at halftime like a sports report. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Kemp also rushed out a review for Monday's Daily Telegraph. All papers threw out the idea of reviewing the books on their books pages. This was news. This was history. Those are in all caps. This article is so good. Uh, Kemp complained about sleeplessness, and it seemed to have affected the review, which was dreary. He has asked to review the book, he told us, but sounded as if he regrets it. It is probable that a great many children will read this book from beginning to end, although it will take most of them a very long time, he stated rather obviously as for myself i remain a harry potter fan although not quite as enthusiastic as before the Goblet of fire is well up to the high standard of its predecessors the trouble with it is that it very much is the same as its predecessors jk rowling has hit upon a winning formula at the beginning and she has hardly changed
0: disagree it was
1: left just yeah i think this one does change quite a bit for the worse it was left to penelope lively who had the luxury of waiting until thursday to produce her independent Mm. review uh the to round out the absurdity of the rapid reviewing process the histrionic embargo on copies of this book left this reviewer obliged to scramble through its 600 pages with unseemly haste which leaves you feeling tetchy and ill-disposed she wrote bloomsbury should beware more of this kind of thing and they'll alienate everyone as for reporting reports of riots rioting parents at king's cross weeping children bleary-eyed families keeping midnight vigils enough is enough <laughs> despite her complaints miss lively was kind of the book the potter saga has all the prime qualities a meticulously imagined fantasy world an unlimited fund of witty and prov- provocative invention a cracking narrative pace the mutterings that it is derivative a hodgepodge of well-worn themes and characters from children's literature are misplaced Everything is derivative, looked at in one way. In critical circles, it is called intertextuality. Holy
0: fucking shit.
1: Holy shit. I'm going to use that. That's a brain blast. If anyone ever accuses anything I like of being derivative again, I'm going to say, actually, in critical circles, that's (laughs) called intertextuality.
0: (laughs) That's very funny.
1: She thought it too long, said she was bug-eyed from reading, uh, but still wished miss Rolling all strength for the final lapse before returning to her original cri de coeur for goodness sake let's have a more level-headed publication next time so five days after publication the early critics have had their say now perhaps we can look forward to jo- george steiner's in-depth critical evaluation in the london review of books a couple of years from now also a really good bitchy bitchy comment <laughs> as for johnson Kemp, McCrum, and the rest of the early shift please get some sleep incredible like i i'm sorry to have just read an entire article on air but like that is the best thing i have found about the critical reception of this book uh it, it is really funny to me
0: ah oh, that's hilarious this is like you can't you can't write this sort of thing about Goodreads reviewers or you're gonna get canceled right away <laughs>
1: yeah they seriously would I, well, the thing that i find funny about it and, and this is very specific to, to us i think is that this discourse feels so similar to like the early game reviews discourse like the rushing to get a review of a big game out discourse that like dominated the last few years yeah uh but i've never seen a a, a critic just so succinctly like
0: yeah, that's a very cute write up. And it's also a good reminder to me who I, I we have so much distance from the Harry Potter mania. And like, I know we talked a lot about it when we did Sorcerer's Stone, mm-hmm. but I, I, I keep forgetting like it, it, it seems so kind of old news when I when I think about Goblet of Fire as being really it was like that. It is like a blockbuster book, which I don't think that we've really seen since then
1: it was a huge fucking deal i mean the 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 part god do you remember one of the first things we ever did on this show was watch that um that documentary from right after this book was published
0: yeah
1: uh that had that incredible scene of her getting ready to read the first chapter uh aloud in that fucking like football stadium or whatever yeah it was huge they had like a throne set up for her so she could read this book out loud um it was really really wild um and uh i guess this is this isn't really a tease because it's not like i have anything specific planned but like we are now leading into uh order of the phoenix um and you know like we'll be starting it our first episode next week we'll be dealing with it uh but it is I think important to to note that there were a lot there was a long time between Goblet of Fire and Order of the Phoenix. It was 3 years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, something like that, yeah. 2003, maybe 2004. Uh and this is where the fandom really came into its own. Like like this is where fan theories really started to to kick off. This is where fan fiction really started to to kick off like like in in this like drought of new harry potter content things kind of got a little nuts uh and i will i'm super fascinated to start digging into that aspect of order of the phoenix as well as the book itself
0: yeah definitely um and I and I think that we do have kind of some spotty information about about things that JK Rowling has said about this kind of being a, a fork in the road where she made some decisions and made some decisions that she regretted too. Um mm-hmm. a, and made some some kind of changes. So um I I'm kind of anticipating Order of the Phoenix being that kind of muddled mess and and just from the perspective of you know being there at the time and and getting very invested in the fandom and and, and like oh god I read endless fan theories and essays and and on and on in fan fiction and there was fan art and and so many like what if this happens? What if this happens and then and then to have Order of the Phoenix come along and and feels so weird like order of the phoenix is a weird book um so i think it'll be interesting to look at it with that context in mind
1: yeah absolutely i you know (laughs) everyone uh there there, there's a reputation for this book i think uh because i mean for one it is just fucking gigantic it's like 780 pages or something um but it has this reputation of being the book where nothing happens mm-hmm. uh and and the book uh where harry is at his moodiest and and everyone hates harry in this book and i am i'm not going i'm not going to make the same mistake i did going into goblet of fire where we're going to goblet of fire i was almost like i remember this being like the last good one you know mm-hmm. which which it turned out i i did not appreciate in that sense um but i am curious going into order of the phoenix especially with all this extra context around it about like you know how goblet of fire was received and how long it took for a sequel to finally come around um will i like will this be like the because everyone knows from from listening to this show that like the stuff that i like the most in, in harry potter for the most part is the slice of life stuff and if this book is quote unquote nothing the whole time and it's just Harry and Hogwarts, maybe I'll like it question mark, but maybe, but maybe all of that will be in service of nothing. I'm so curious to see what this book will be to us now um, with, with like the critical lens that we're applying, like through this show and stuff, like the things we like and like the things that we look for and kind of like extract out of these books, even when they're not great, like *Couplet of fire, like, I'm curious how much of that, if any of it, will be in, in Order of the Phoenix or if it's going to be something just truly completely different um, that we're, you know, just not going to be ready for at all.
0: Yeah, my one ray of hope is that, that everyone knows the thing that I like about these books is when Snape is there and there is a lot of Snape yeah. in Order of the Phoenix, for for good, better is. or worse. He has many, many scenes and it kind of uh, enters the foreground of these books in this one which is kind of a kind of a doomed kind of beginning of the end uh sort of deal in order of the phoenix but but we'll see
1: we'll see we will see i think i think that'll do it for us do you have any last last uh uh comments here again not the, so. not the last time we'll talk about goblet of fire but i'm just saying yeah i mean i'm saying. still talking
0: about chamber of secrets so <laughs> so never still talking about so never fear still th- yeah, everyone no, mm-hmm. uh still
1: talking about the norbert chapter yeah no i i i think i think we can we can close this chapter and i'm so excited and curious to get into the next one uh, season five
0: shrieking shack season five
1: five i need to draw a new logo i just realized or at least draw a new background for our logo i need to get us ready i need to get us in shape
0: very exciting um
1: yeah our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. You can find them on Bandcamp. Huge thanks, as always, to them for letting us use that as our theme. You can check us out on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash uh this week we kind of took a little a little break here because we had to talk about all this news, we had to talk about uh the movie and whatnot. So you're getting a heaping helping of uh of two threcast episodes this week. If you are a free listener and you're like, damn, I enjoyed having two episodes of the Shriekast to listen to this week, you can listen to two episodes every week if you subscribe to our Patreon at the $3 level. We have so many good episodes there. We talk about legacies, we talk about bad fiction. We talk about Harry Styles. We talk about <laughs> all kinds of shit. We we make trumpet noises. It's great. You'll love it. Sign up. Get ready for season five. We would super appreciate it if you did. And Liz, what should we read for our first Order of the Phoenix episode?
0: I will tell you, but first I uh, want to play a little game. <laughs> yes, a very, I love games. It's very short. And it is, um, what page do you think they get to hogwarts in order of the phoenix like not not train not train but like when do they get to the (laughs) great like they walk into the castle for the first time i just
1: oh my god um okay let me think let me think it starts we 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 have more little whinging content we're back at the dursleys uh i know that there's the wizengamot stuff he mopes around in Diagon Alley for a bit. You uh, remember this pretty well. I I listened to this audiobook a fair mm. amount, so I think this might be embedded in my brain. Um. Uh, after that, it gets hazy, though. Uh, after the, the Diagon Alley stuff. I'm going to say 200 pages?
0: That is incredible. It is literally page 200, which is chapter 11.
1: Are you serious? Did I nail it? Yeah,
0: like, exact, exact page shit. number. Okay, for
1: the record, the book is on the other side of the room. I'm going to walk across the room. I'm not <laughs>
0: cheating. You can hear me over here. I picked up the book. I'm going to drop
1: it. There you go. I did not have it next to me. I was not cheating. Um, was not looking.
0: See, this is the thing. Is like, this episode, um, we... Have been visited by some sort of psychic power. um With my with my power, I delivered the prophecy that that Credence is Fox, and and you use yours to to win this little game. <laughs> I think yours was
1: better. I think <laughs> yours might have been a more powerful use of of, of psychic ability. Yeah,
0: but well, you know you can't really choose uh how that's to true. use if your gonna... your psychic trance.
1: That yeah, that's what makes it a curse, right? Yeah. you can't choose when it happens.
0: Well, (sighs) I... I I do have to tell you what chapters we're going to read. I'm I'm kind of erring on the side of caution here because I don't, I don't remember this book very, like, as I look at it, I don't remember it. So let's just start off. Uh, we'll see how it goes with two chapters. Uh, chapter one, which is called Deadly Demented and chapter two, which is called A Peck of Owls. And we'll see how that does us for next week.
1: I think that sounds good because I imagine that like, like we were sort of gesturing at the previous discussion, we've probably got like a lot of context stuff to talk about with, with, with this episode yeah right? so. i think so yeah okay well we've got to prepare we've got to get ready and we've got to dive in and read order of the phoenix but you do not have to please read another book
0: please read another book but there's <laughs> a lady there makes ocean roars seem tame but I know what you're after
1: if you catch your eye because this hot mama He's just a
0: cat in disguise